So as we wrap up Philippians today, I found another common theme that is brought up again in chapter 4. The beginning of Philippians, when we go back to the beginning of Philippians, Paul talks about his partnership with them in ministry. And he points out things, benefits and drawbacks. Last week, we focused on Christ-likeness and the importance of pursuing it. And if Paul tells the Philippians, which he did, and he tells us today to be like Christ, my whole point there is it must be possible. Or else the whole discussion on it, Christ-likeness is kind of pointless if you can't actually achieve it. I do want to address the fact that this message today jumps completely over chapter 3 of, of uh, Philippians. Uh, chapter 3 focuses on some of the same themes that we addressed in Galatians and Ephesians, uh, specifically concerning circumcision and those who were pursuing or pressuring the Gentile believers to adhere to Jewish customs first before becoming Christians. It's a very important uh, section of scripture. Uh, when you're studying it yourself, don't skip over it. Um, but for the sake of the fact that we've, we've addressed this over and over again, there's not a whole lot more that can be said, but when there is, we'll do a message on it again, draw them all together. Um, we're going to move on to Philippians 4 to finish this out today. You see, that is a common thing that Paul battled with throughout his entirety of his ministry, and you'll see it as you go through all the Pauline epistles, that whole battle of, well, you've got to be a Jew first before you can become a Christian kind of concept, and he addresses it several times. But woven throughout this letter in Philippians about ministry and expectations and encouragement is one fruit of the Spirit, and it's hiding in plain sight. Kind of already gave it away. It's joy. So let's look at a few passages where we find the word joy and the concept of joy. I've, I've bounced through actually all the way back to the beginning, uh, Philippians 1 Four, the little last piece there, it says, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the ministry. 118 says, In every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. The, the, just, a ver, just a little bit later, next line here, he says, Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. And uh, verse 25, convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress and, and joy in the faith. Chapter 2, verse 2, make my joy complete by being like-minded, Paul says. Verses 17 through 18 of that same chapter. But even if I am being poured out, remember we talked about this last week, being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, I am glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. Chapter three, verse one says, further, my brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. It's like he's trying to tell us something here. And chapter four, verse one kicks off with, therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, my dear friends. Joy and rejoice. Are those words connected? In a word, yes. 
They come from the same root word. They come from the same root word. In Greek, it's chara. It's C-H-A-R-A, if you were to transliterate it. Uh, When Paul uses the word joy, when it's translated as joy here, it's being used as a noun. It's It's an emotion, it's a thing, it's an actual tangible something. But when it's the word rejoice or to rejoice, when it's translated that way, it's a verb or an action or something that implies action. Okay, so where joy is the state of delight or happiness, rejoicing is the action that exhibits that feeling that's deep down inside you. Okay, so you've got you've got joy down in your heart. That's kind of why I want to sing that song. Then rejoicing brings it out. For example, let's move on to a different fruit of the spirit for a moment. Love, love. You may feel love for someone. You may be in love. Ooh, it's February, Valentine's Day, right? You may be in love, but until you express that love in some way, shape, or form, it's just a concept in your heart and mind. Whether it is a physical connection, start holding hands, (laughs) perhaps a word of encouragement, a prayer you pray because you love them, an act of service. The point is, that the truth of your love for someone is expressed in an action somehow. Joy is the same. Joy is that deep down thing that we know is there. And we can have it in the midst, and this is biblically most, most of the time the usual situation, in the midst of trying times, we can have joy. Deep down inside, we can have joy where happiness, I know I use the word happiness, so don't confuse it, but happiness would actually fade away due to unfavorable circumstances. It's actually why they call it happiness. It comes from happenstance, just something happened to happen and there it is and we're happy about it. But the happiness would fade away. Yet joy can't get out of us until we rejoice until we rejoice. So rejoice is the expression of the truth of the joy inside us. It's the expression of the truth of the joy inside us. Let's look at verses four through seven together here. Chapter four, verses four through seven. Paul writes, rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So let's just stop right there for a moment and talk about this section of Scripture. What we have a couple at the very beginning, Paul has like a double rejoice. You see, he gets a little redundant and he knows it. It's intentional. He exhorts the Philippians to rejoice. And not just sometimes, not just in the good times, but always, always rejoice. And not just for any old reason or in any old spirit, but in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Verse five, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. How do you and I show joy? 
Maybe you walk around with a big old smile all day long. It kind of hurts every once in a while. <laughs> you keep smiling all the time. Or they'll lock you in a padded room. That's a different story. Maybe you sing a tune to yourself. No matter who's around you. Maybe that's how you rejoice. Sometimes I sing while by myself. And I know that in that presence, in that action, I am rejoicing in the Lord. It wasn't something I scheduled or forced to happen. Maybe some people feel that way about church. And it's hard for them to get into the mindset of showing that joy out of them. It's not something we schedule when we rejoice in the moment. It just happens. This verse is about the way in which we share this joy. Uh, sometimes I use a, a, a faith life, the Faith Life Study Bible. They have little notes. It helps me through some of my studying um, software. And it talks about gen- the gentleness in this passage. It says, gentleness refers to showing consideration for one another by displaying gentleness toward all people, believers and unbelievers alike. Christians reveal the gospel's power to transform and reconcile. So the whole purpose there is to transform and reconcile, and they do that in a particular way. So as for the expression, the Lord is near, this is about the urgency. Paul talks about the day of Christ as motivation to live in a godly manner. The early Christians lived with a sense of urgency because they believed the Lord's return was imminent. There is an evangelist that I sometimes watch his short, uh, well, they're probably like 20 minutes if you actually watch them all the way, but his YouTube videos. And he does this on the street interview. He pops and starts to talk with somebody and uh, gets their permission, I'm sure, to videotape the whole conversation. And... After some cordial conversation with them, getting to know the person by name, the speaker asks to share something important with the person because they care about them. They express care for that person they just met. The evangelist starts by asking things like, have you ever told a lie? Have you ever stolen something? My favorite is when he identifies the difference, between, the difference in cursing and using the Lord's name in vain and kind of connecting the two for us. He asks the person, do you love your mom? And of course, the person always responds with, yes, of course, I love my mom. And he says, and I've watched this in several videos. He uses the same style of questioning here. Um, Have you ever used your mom's name as a cuss word? (laughs) Every one of them would say, no, no, I've never done that. And they ask why? Well, because I love her. Yeah, you see, the tactic was gentle. It got the point across. It was firm. Trying to help them understand a deeper principle that maybe they just didn't get. And he did it without shouting at that person that he was interviewing, trying to get his point across. He did it gently, but firmly. Sometimes I'm intimidated by conversations on topics where the person across the the table, if you will, I know already starts off with a differing opinion and view. I don't really like conflict. Maybe you do, but I don't. And so I see those things as conflict rather than opportunity. But the gentleness 
and importance of the Lord is near, the day of Christ is at hand, it cannot be simply ignored. Verse 6 helps me to know that sharing of this joy that I have in Christ, we have in Christ, is something that I don't need to be anxious about. I don't need to worry. Verse 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And verse 7 continues on, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Prayer and petition are actions that express the joy within you. When you pray, talking with God and giving him praise, when you ascribe worth to him, declaring that he is worthy, you are rejoicing. When you trust him with your petitions, your requests for yourself and others, you rejoice in the fact that he hears and he can do something about it hears and he can do something about it. Paul tells us today, peace will guard our hearts. Peace will guard our hearts. When we pray, when we share the joy that we have in Christ, when we help others experience this joy, we're vulnerable. Have you ever had that conversation with somebody? You didn't want to have it. You put it off way too long and you had it with them. And now you're super vulnerable. And you have to say everything that's in your heart and mind that you've been storing up. And you share with a friend or a relative, you know what? I really don't want you to go to hell. I really want you to know Jesus and go to heaven. How hard is that sometimes? It shouldn't be. But we're vulnerable. Our hearts are exposed And when our hearts are exposed and when we're vulnerable and just in general, that is when we can be emotionally charged and respond like that. Think of something that you're certain of. You just, you believe it so certainly. But let's let's take it a little bit less, a little lighthearted. Let's just say that you're certain that there's a specific brand of car, a specific vehicle type that you think is the best, the best kind ever. I want you to picture that. Now, if anyone ever disses your car brand, you might lash out. You might have lots of valid arguments and give them passionately to prove your point. Your heart is open and you're ready to attack. It's not protected with peace when you do that. Here's a spiritual truth that I know, I hope that you know deep down inside us and hopefully out our mouths, two sentences, we know the only way to heaven is through faith alone in the Lord Jesus Christ, through repentance by the sacrifice of his blood. We know this. We believe it. We teach it here. The Bible shows it as evident. Does the peace of God guard your heart and mind? Can someone make a good argument to you that you cannot refute with gentleness? Can any trial or tribulation come your way? Negative circumstances, death of a loved one, loss of a job, broken relationships, general and continual stress, weariness, sickness, any of it. Can any of that get you to start questioning his salvation, his love? 
those truth statements, can any of those things get worn down because your heart is not guarded? That's why we go to him first with that trust that he hears and can do. Prayer is an act of submitting to God. God is bigger than you. He's bigger than me. The two big things in Philippians is Christian unity, and we saw that through the partnership side of things, and he wraps it up towards the end where he wants two ladies to like get along because they're really good in ministry for him, and they need to be partners in ministry together. So Christian unity is one, and I see the other theme is joy. We can be uni- you can be unified when we identify or rather rejoice in the one who brings true joy. My question for you today, and I want to give us some extra time before we depart today, before we leave this building and this, this time. It's not something we typically do, which is take a moment or two to share something that God has done in our life that we are rejoicing about, that we have joy about. And so I want to ask these questions of you. And then ask you to consider to share, to stand up or speak very loudly from your seat and share or come up here and share with the rest of us what you're rejoicing about. What's that joy in your heart that you've got to get out? So my question is, do you have joy down in your heart? It's important to start with that point. And then what are you rejoicing about today? Maybe it was, let's look back in the day, your salvation story all those many years ago, or maybe last week, or maybe yesterday, or maybe just now. Maybe a restored relationship. Maybe you're rejoicing about that. Or the relationship's heading in a better direction. There's nothing wrong with incremental progress and enjoying and rejoicing that. It's okay. Maybe it's the hope of purpose that you thought you lost an opportunity to serve God uniquely that has come to light in your life today. Maybe it's physical healing or sustaining through health struggles. What is your joy story? What are you rejoicing about? And that's my cue. I wanna share this time with you and I want you to share this time with each other because it's important for us to be a Christian community. We're not just a broadcast on the internet. We're not just a blog post on my webpage. (laughs) We're God's people who meet together for his purpose. And this is a very unique time for you to help share in that purpose. So what are you rejoicing about today? I'll give you some time to pop up and share. And again, if you start moving towards the front, I will scoot out of the way. <laughs> flee. I'm thankful flee. for our pastor. Okay. I'm thankful for our pastor. He, he's a great friend to me. And we don't see each other every day during the week. But we have some great friends, and, and I'd like to do more for him. And I also am thankful for... Uh, the Bible study.
and teaching it. And when you teach something, you got to go deeper than what you teach. Hmm. And when you do go deeper, you learn things that backs up other things. And it's been putting a great big puzzle together for me. All these little pieces scattered through the scriptures. And I find them, and when you put it, start putting them together, you start seeing a bigger picture. And I'm, I'm seeing that, that bigger scripture. And it it's kind of creates conflict sometimes between what uh, I've always thought and what the Bible teaches. And, and so there's, there's a conflict sometimes when I'm studying. And, uh, but I, I trust the Bible above all else. That's my standard. Mm -hmm. uh, what, what I've been taught is secondary to what the Bible tells me is true. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's, there's tradition. That's one thing. It's nice. Like a, like a Christmas tree and uh, Easter and uh, birthdays and, and all that. That's nice. But it sometimes it's like finding out uh, you thought you wrong, had the wrong birthday. And when you, it, it's shocking, you know. Hmm. Uh, you, 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 you thought you had your birthday and then you get your birth certificate and you find out you were born on a different day. Hmm. It's a good point. It's the point. same shock. Hmm. It's the same shock when you go through the Bible and you find out what you've always thought is wrong. Hmm. But what the Bible says is true. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that, Terry. Would anybody else like to rejoice this morning and share... A joy story.
Thanks, Faith. Very good. Thank you, Faith. Appreciate that. Anybody else? Anyone else have a faith story? A faith story. A joy story. Faith had her story. What are you rejoicing about today? What I rejoice about, there's a couple things. Um, one, uh, I think we've mentioned in the last month or so that Jackie and I have, are doing a um, Bible study on the YouVersion Bible app, and we invite, I invited several other folks, and I think what it's done for us is, as we study the Bible, and we're going through the whole Bible in a chronological order, um, it's given us an opportunity to discuss together and be on literally the same page in the Bible and see what the other one has gotten out of it. And so we're, we're doing Bible discovery, if you will, and reflection together, which is really neat and to, to grow together in that way, which, to be honest, we've probably only had like starts and fits of intentionally doing that in our marriage. And so um, it's really exciting to honestly commit to an entire year of this um, but it's not a, you know, it's not um, a burden. It's a joy, really. Um, the person who hosts it, it seems a little cheesy because she says it every day. There's a little video that she recaps the scripture reading and gives some insights, and she talks about um, God being where the joy is. Uh, and I didn't think about that until I started, you know, talking through my sermon today. I'm like, oh. She got into my brain. We're talking about joy. But I had been thinking about this concept for the last several weeks anyway, um, where I kept seeing this word joy pop up. Another thing is, is beyond getting deeper into God's word and discussing it with my wife is, um, I'm a pastor, right? Y'all know that. <laughs> uh, I'm, I don't, I'm not just a pastor when I'm in this building. And God continues to, I don't know, he taps me upside the back of the head to remind me of that is wherever I'm at, not only am I a pastor, but also a Christian in general, but the way that he uses me in pastoral ways outside of this building um, astonishes me. The people that I've talked to, the people, I'm going to say counsel is not necessarily a strong word, but listened to and helped, prayed, prayed with them um, in their various circumstances and the things that they're going through. Um, and I'm very grateful for that opportunity to minister to whomever God brings to my life. Uh, I, I find it I find it interesting when we like put vocation in a box and say this is what a pastor has to do and where, where he or she has to go and the only time that they can do pastorally things. Um, I do find it difficult to, <laughs> to do pastoral things outside. 
um, but is, is very good for me here today. And, and so for me, that's enjoying because I, I love my calling that God has called and that I have uh, uh, publicly confessed to and, and, and that the church had ordained me into and um, reflected on. And all of those things, I'm just grateful that when he brings the opportunities and they come up, I don't just go, oh, okay, whatever, you know. I'm going to get back to my, my sermon prep or whatever. I don't need to deal with this here. Um, and so if you, if you have, this is also a commercial, you have a need for pastoral ministry and you don't think I'm available, please reach out. I try to be available. Um, but again, if I'm not around you all that much, I am around other folks who I'm doing my best to be pastoral with as well within those contexts. So that was my twofold joy story. Anybody else? have anybody else, I will go ahead and close in prayer. Heavenly Father, you are where the joy is. That sense of delight deep down in our heart because of who you are, what you're doing. But we need to rejoice to get that joy out so that it can be evident to the world that you are who you say you are and bring us great joy through a number of different situations, circumstances. And each and every moment that we come across and experience trial and hardship, we know that joy outlasts those things where happiness fades. And so we thank you for this. We thank you that uh, Paul he wasn't suggesting it. He commanded it. He, he ex- exhorted, it's not the right word, but um, to the Philippians to do it and we follow suit. We need to have joy in our hearts. So give us that joy. We need to rejoice out of our words and our actions and deeds to show that we have that joy in our hearts. And so we pray for the opportunities to do so. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen.